The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. So when it comes to the thermostat, where do you set the thermostat? And do you find that where you set it differs from where others would set it? And do you notice in, in that dynamic that there's uh, a gender difference? Whether it's at home between husbands and wives, I definitely find at our house where I would like the thermostat set, where my wife would like the thermostat set are very different. Uh, even here in the workplace, uh, I notice those differences, whether it be in the office area where we sit, whether it be here in this studio. Uh, where I like the thermostat is apparently different than where other people who use this uh, studio like that thermostat. There's some interesting uh, new research out of Ohio State University. Uh, showing that, that there is some, some gender difference between where to set those thermostats. And that when it comes to those thermostat arguments, those disagreements, uh, that maybe it's uh, females who are on the losing end of that. Anyway, joining us uh, to talk more uh, about all of this, one of the authors uh, of this study joins us here this afternoon, Nicole Sintov, uh, Assistant Professor of Behavior, Decision-Making, and Sustainability at Ohio State University. Uh, Nicole, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Uh, tell us a bit more from your perspective then in terms of what got you uh, interested in exploring this. What, what questions were you hoping to answer through this? Yeah, so in my field of environmental psychology, um, we tend to look at the individual as the unit of analysis. So that means collecting survey data or doing interviews or doing some kind of experimental paradigm um, in which we're collecting data um, from the individual person. Um, on the other hand, we might look at household level data, so things like bills or um, electricity usage or gallons of water use, things like that. And in both cases, what this misses is that there are often decisions that consumers make that involve more than one adult, and we're discussing things, and we're negotiating things. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the paradigms that we use uh, haven't really captured that. And so the, the impetus for this study was to understand and kind of just take an initial peek into how those discussions go down. And so how do you, about go, uh, how do you go about collecting data on that? So in this particular study, um, we recruited households from around the university, so in Columbus, Ohio, and we asked uh, respondents to complete a survey and also to respond to a diary every day for two weeks. So we sent them reminders every night, and we just had two questions that we asked them, which were, um, did you have any discussions with other people in your house around how warm or cold you felt? If so, please briefly describe those. And then, did you change the thermostat? Uh, yeah, okay, so that, that, that sets the stage here for what we're, we're getting to the bottom of. So in terms then of how often people are having those discussions, how often those discussions lead to changes, what, what does it tell us about um, you know, the dynamics between, between individuals? Um, I can't answer the question about how often people are having these these discussions. Um, there are kind of averages in the paper um, okay. that we could look at. Um, I will say that um, what we did find based on the diaries, and um, we coded 
the responses, which were open-ended responses. Um, we had two different coders go through, and each one coded them um, on a number of criteria. And then we compared the coders' responses to ensure alignment. And what we found were that there were three different types of interactions. There were agreements, compromises, and conflicts. And to your question about frequency, agreements were relatively more common, followed by compromises, and then followed by conflicts, which were the rarest. Okay. Well, that, that's encouraging, I suppose, at one level. Now, when it comes to, to gender differences and, and thermostat preferences, what's, what's the correlation there? So prior research has found, um, and quite a lot of research has been mm -hmm. on this topic, that women tend to prefer warmer thermal environments and tend to tolerate a narrower band of thermal environments than do men. Uh, we found the same in our study when asked by self-report, women stated that they like it warmer and men like it cooler. And we also assessed in the diaries how warm or cool people were feeling and how often people were uncomfortable. We also saw that women were uncomfortable more frequently than men in our study, which suggests that there may be a status quo bias in where the home thermostat is set that's not catering to women's needs. Right. So if, if you find here, for example, the study points out that men are more likely to report agreements and compromises as outcomes, whereas women are marginally more likely to report conflicts. So what does it tell us about how these, these matters are being resolved? So uh, lots of open questions here. Uh, <laughs> but one interpretation is that women are seeing the same interaction differently than men see it. So you can imagine we have an objective interaction that goes down and what a man interprets as a compromise, a woman may interpret as a conflict. So that's that's one possibility. Another possibility is that objectively, women respondents engaged in more conflicts than did men respondents. And this is where you know we need to collect additional data to really understand what's happening. We don't know who initiated the discussion. Uh, we don't know. Uh, exactly if the thermostat went up or down after the, after the discussion, we know it, it was changed. Um, and so there's a lot of follow-up research that we would like to do to understand more in detail uh, if truly women were losing the, the quote-unquote battle. Right. And, and obviously, this all relates to how households use energy and, and the importance of, of um, you know, energy efficiency uh, and, and those kinds of decisions. So how, how do you see you know, a better understanding of this as, as being relevant to the question uh, of household energy use and, and efficiency. Yeah, so as I mentioned, uh, most work on household energy behavior looks at the individual or the household as a unit of analysis, and it misses this, this interchange that occurs often in many consumer decisions. So if you think about things like, are we going to get solar panels or what type of car are we going to get next? These things all have major implications for energy efficiency, yet we don't know much about how people are interacting around them. And so in, in the current study, as I mentioned, we didn't collect data on whether the thermostat adjustments ended up using more or less energy than if the thermostat hadn't been adjusted. Would like to do some follow-up research there, but the findings do suggest that conversations matter. And it's possible that conversations could be a point for intervention in future work. That's a very interesting research. Uh, Nicole, thank you so much for making some time for us here today. Really appreciate this. Thank you. All right. That is uh, Nicole Sintoff, uh, Assistant Professor of Behavior, Decision-Making, and Sustainability at Ohio State University. We'd author of this study.
thermostat wars, the roles of gender and thermal comfort negotiations in household energy use behavior. So do you encounter those conflicts and how do you resolve them? And I guess the other part that comes along with that is somebody kind of in charge of setting the thermostat? Is uh, somebody in your office, somebody in your household, sort of the person responsible? And that if you want it set at a different level, you need to kind of go through them. Say, hang on a second here, could we turn that down? Or could we crank that up a little bit? And say, well, okay, how about we put it here? So it's interesting then when, according to the study, when, when men are kind of the boss of the thermostat, they're more likely to, to report agreements and compromises. When women are kind of the, the boss of the thermostat, they're more likely to, to report conflict. So does that suggest that, that women are more likely to compromise than men are when it comes to the thermostat? Are women losing out when it comes to the thermostat wars? I guess us men, we can, we could try to hang over you then this um, energy efficiency argument uh, if we really want to win these arguments. Got to th- turn the thermostat down. Got to save the planet, don't you know? Uh, so maybe that, that's a card we can play. So obviously, I mean, uh, there, there are different ways of resolving this. You can compromise on, on where you're going to set the temperature. Someone wants it higher, someone wants it lower, you go for the Goldilocks zone, right? Uh, you could also say, well, we'll put it here, and then, who was it? Who was it that said uh, put on a sweater? The politician. Was that Rachel Notley? Uh, but there's, there's another card you can play. Okay, we'll, we'll adjust it slightly, but then you can also uh, put on a sweater. Or maybe we'll um, get a fire going in the fireplace. So different ways of resolving it.